When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Much top and odd. <laughs> Monica let out the grossest burp right as the theme song. <laughs> it was so long and so large. Because mm-hmm, we just downed some olive top and odd. Yeah, I love a good top and odd. Um, it was the olive top and odd from Trade Herges. Oh, yes, we, we. And we had them with the small brioche toast. Yeah, and some They're social snackers. So goddamn good. I'm not as big of a fan of the social snackers I as I am not. of the brioche toast. I see. I think brioche is a better vehicle for like saucier things, like tapenade, uh, like spreads, things like that. Ah, uh, yes. I think a social snacker is a great vehicle for a hard cheese. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I do love a social snack or with a parm. Yeah, with parm, a, parm. a ched, a, a ched, good, a gruy. <laughs> What's your favorite type of cheese, Monica? Gruy. Which <laughs> is short for Gruyere. <laughs> is it uh, actually a prof, your favorite? Pro, short for provolone. <laughs> you asshole. Manch, Manchango, <laughs> Manchango. It's Manchego. Manchego. <laughs> Manch. Uh, my favorite t- kind of cheese is um, Parmigiano Reggiano. Ah, wonderful. 100%. All the way. All the way. It's not a a lot of people's favorite cheese, I would say. No, but a lot of people like really sharp cheeses. That's the one. I love a sharp cheese. Mm. Give me that sharp cheese, baby. Mm. I like a rich cheese. Give me that pecorino. Gouda is my favorite. Give me that pecorino, baby. Give me that Parmigiano Reggiano, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also love a Gruyere. Gruyere is really good. Love a Gruyere. Really good. Uh, Oh, I love burrata. Ooh, I also love burrata. Burrata's the shit. I do love ricotta. Mm, interesting. I, ricotta's not, not my favorite. It's, I was gonna say it's not my favorite, but I do love it. Like it's delicious okay. when it, it's on things. I'm like, mm. I just feel like it lacks some flavor. But I have heard that like when you get real fucking ricotta from like an Italian market, it's, it's really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Ooh, cheese, <laughs> <laughs> snacks. You know who's a snack, Monica? Tell me. <laughs> That's my segue into it. Oh, excellent segue. (laughs) Is the daddy today. I'm really excited about this. We've been talking about doing him for a while. We've been talking about doing Matt Damon for a very long time. (laughs) Yep. So Uh, it's Matt Damon. Not Ben Affleck, though. We hadn't said that yet. We hadn't thought about doing Ben Affleck even once. Benifer? Yeah. (laughs) Benifer! I'm so (laughs) glad that you brought it up. My fave couple in the whole world is back together. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it is official. Benefer is back. Yeah. Get your kids, get your wife, get everybody in front of the fucking TV and watch this all play out. I cannot wait. I'm 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 excited. 
but I'm also a little suspicious. I'm not even a little bit suspicious. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is a rich bitch. She knows who she's doing. True. She looks incredible. She looks incredible. Yeah. Ben Affleck. It was is, just such a tight turnaround. That's that's my big thing. I feel like they were like, like canoodling a little bit before him though. Oh, I'm sure. I feel like that, must have been. that's like my hot take. They were texting. That's like, yeah. They, they were definitely like texting. You know what I mean? Like they were definitely- Ben like, was watching all of her movies. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I will say- Yeah. I am a big fan of this combination simply because Jennifer Lopez has such like top energy and Ben mm-hmm. Affleck has such bottom energy. <laughs> and then I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm kind of just sitting here like, mm, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wow. And I wow. love this. Like like when she was with A-Rod, no. It's it's too it's too unbalanced. There's too well. They're both tops. They're I both guess. exactly. But the thing is, is like I don't know. I love J Lo, but I'm also like I really feel like J Lo is kind of a bitch. Oh, so, exactly. But she needs someone but to ben like. Ben is so bitch soft. At. Well, no, he's she, he's. <laughs> she needs someone to bitch at. He's sensitive. Yes, but I'm he, worried that she is taking advantage of his emotional state. I don't think so. <laughs> I think you're reading too far into Benifer. I think Benifer's not happening. that I have like any skin in the game with Ben Affleck. Think- like, like I, I don't. <laughs> I think Benifer is here. It's now. It's wow. <laughs> I just, I know how I, he has said he really regrets fucking up his marriage with Jennifer Garner. I know. And so I, like, I feel for him. I feel also, like he's never like, recovered. Jennifer Garner is like not the woman for him. I feel like Jennifer Garner is like on a completely different level of hilarity. Well, I think she's too good for him now. She, exactly. She's like too good for him. She has like her own brand. She has her kids. She's got a fucking incredible Instagram presence. Yes. She oh my makes God. the funniest fucking videos she loves books she loves people like she's so social she's not for ben (laughs) fair ben needs someone (laughs) to yell at him (laughs) ben needs (laughs) (laughs) by the way we are not condoning any kind of abuse in a relationship not at all (laughs) Uh, but anyway that's our thoughts on bedifer (laughs) so back to matt damon (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna tell you about him our daddy for today Matthew Page Damon (laughs) is an American actor, producer, and screenwriter. He was born and raised in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where he began getting interested in acting by performing in several high school theater productions. Of course. Apparently, he credits his drama teacher as a big artistic influence, even though his close friend and schoolmate, the one and only Ben Affleck, was getting the, quote, biggest roles and longest speeches. (laughs) Not for long, Benny boy. He attended Harvard University and did my fucking favorite thing, uh, aka yes. my least favorite thing, <laughs> and dropped out right before receiving his degree in order to take a film role. It was a lead, so I guess I'll let it slide, but it was also a flop. So who's the clown now, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> um, You are, <laughs> because he's so much richer than both of us. Shut up, Monica. <laughs> I have a degree and he doesn't. I can't wait. I cannot wait until I list out all of the like actors who only like went partially to college and then dropped out right before they got their degree because they took a fucking role and then became fucking multi-millionaires. Yeah. Yeah. 
Matt wait. made his film debut at the age of 18 with a single line of dialogue in the film Mystic Pizza. He had a number of small, critically recognized roles, but it was Goodwill Hunting that gave him and BFF Ben their overnight success. While at Harvard, he had written an early treatment of Goodwill Hunting as an exercise for an English class, but when he and Ben moved to LA together to pursue acting, they worked on it more seriously and sold it to Miramax. So the casually. F- I know, so right? So casually. <laughs> the film received nine Academy Award nominations, winning the Oscar and Golden Globe for Best Screenplay. Those fucking lucky bastards they were like 25 years old goddamn children (laughs) matt has gone on to have a fuck ton of iconic starring roles in films like the talented mr ripley the departed ford versus ferrari the oceans trilogy the born franchise and my personal favorite spirit stallion of the cimarron (laughs) (laughs) he has a production company with ben He's super politically active within the Democratic Party. Yes. And he's a big old humanitarian. My favorite organization he's involved with is something called Tonic Mail Stopper, which is a company that's trying to stop junk mail being delivered to American homes. (laughs) Wait, he's my hero. He's a board member. He's my (laughs) fucking hero. Matt Damon, you can get it. I mean, but I'm still receiving junk mail, Matt. So you're doing a very bad job. Yeah, you're doing a poor job job matt get it together maybe if you'd gotten your degree from harvard oh my god jessica <laughs> shut the fuck up uh he's also the literal daddy to three kids yeah that's an afterthought <laughs> uh yeah so let's get fucking into it yeah. monica without further ado i present to you goodwill hunting yes uh you all know this movie you all love this movie it came out in the incredible year of 1998 oh Written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Directed by Gus Van Sant. Gus Van Sant. Gus Van Sant, yeah. <laughs> Will Hunting, uh, played by the one and only Madame. Madame. Has a genius level IQ, but instead chooses to work as a janitor at MIT. When he solves a difficult graduate level math problem, his talents are discovered by Professor Gerard Lambeau, played by a piping hot Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> Who decide oh, my favorite of the scars girls? <laughs> who decides to help the misguided youth <laughs> reach his potential? Hello, youth. <laughs> Let me help you reach your potential. When Will is arrested for attacking a police officer, Professor Lembo makes a deal to get leniency for him if he will get treatment from therapist Sean McGuire, played by Robin Williams. Rest in peace, Papa. Oh. Believing that Sean can help Will recognize his true genius and heal the trauma that has prevented him from dreaming of a life beyond his South Boston roots. Yes. He's a Southie. Boston. He's a Southie or whatever the (laughs) fuck they call him. Do you like apples? (laughs) How do you like them apples? I got a number. How do you like them apples? Wow. Oh, this movie. Matt Damon in this fucking movie is like... He's like a breath of fresh air, like mm-hmm. a like a tall drink of water that like hits the right spot. Yeah, like like okay, Matt Damon in this movie is the equivalent of you finding a nice little sunny patch at the park and mm-hmm. like sitting down and like reading and like no one's bothering you. There are no bugs. Yeah. You're chilling there, reading, having a great time. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. Life is good. Yeah, and it's also like 2005. Yeah, like. We talk a lot about things feeling natural and organic with actors, but like, I don't think I've ever seen something feel as 
natural as Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> I think a large part of it has to do with the fact that it's like his turf. Yeah. It's his story. Yeah. It's his screenplay. It's his idea. It's his friends. Mm-hmm. Like it's all his life. Exactly. Being dramatized in a very specific way. Yeah. It's almost as if they took who he was, like the essence of him as a person and then created a character so like in the what if universe of it all mm-hmm. that it became so much larger than himself. But at the core of it all, it's still just him. So I think yeah. that was a big, like played a big role in like why it felt like, oh, this is Matt Damon. Oh, and yeah. he is, he's just so fucking natural in this. Yeah, it just, and the, because we have to remember we're not just dealing with Matt as an actor. Like this is also a review or our thoughts of Matt as a writer too. And like, he is so incredibly rooted in like lived experience and not bringing like any level of like pretentiousness is that a word yeah Um, to the role and not like i don't see him in this movie acting like well i fucking wrote this and i'm fucking starring in it yeah so take that he's also like he's also like in my opinion he's not romanticizing romanticizing no. the role or romanticizing what's happening to him there are re- very real consequences yeah this isn't something that's like oh like you know small town kid is like now a great like literary math mm-hmm. icon like that's really not what it is it's not romanticized at all it's coming from a place of like guttural honesty yeah of like this kid's smart but he's also like really fucking lazy Mm -hmm. and he's very unambitious and it's not it's it doesn't romanticize the fact that the things that he does are illegal Mm -hmm. and the things that he does with his friends get him into a lot of fucking trouble like he's gonna go to fucking jail Mm -hmm. if he doesn't figure out what to do with his gift yeah if he doesn't figure out like how to monetize his gift if, if he doesn't figure out how to become a working member of society yeah that is what the people in his world deemed to be so far out of reach for them yeah so i think in a lot of ways i really appreciate matt damon's perspective of let me not make this into this like romanticized story of like because i mean we all we all know them we all know the story of the kid who's plucked out of like a village and is now like a genius right like and a lot of the times that kind of story gets romanticized Mm -hmm. and he really doesn't diminish the consequences of his actions and doesn't diminish the fact that like he still feels alone in a world that is really unwelcoming to to quote unquote like his kind like lower like very low income lower class working class not like (laughs) not really caring about whether or not he succeeds in life and not really caring about whether or not the things that he does are affecting other people except when they're affecting the people closest to him. Yeah, exactly. Because like ambition isn't like, it's it's not considered like cool. No. <laughs> it's not considered honorable or cool. Like intelligence is not the social currency. Like be, being a criminal kind of is. And like staying yeah. very close to your hometown is considered like the cool, honorable thing to do. And like you're from South Boston, you'll stay in South Boston. Um, and what I love about him in this role is that you can see him kind of like torn between the two and his slow like evolution to realizing like I, I can ask for more than this and I can also still keep these relationships with these other people. Yeah. Because as long as I don't act like an asshole, they're not going to think less of me for wanting more for myself. Right. Like, for example, sort of when we get to the end of the movie, 
Matt Damon's character Will is like like oh like I don't want you to think differently of me basically like if if you boil it down to the sum of its parts that's basically what he's saying to his to his BFF Ben Affleck's character yes and Ben (laughs) Affleck is like no bro I don't give a fuck like all I want to do one day is wake up in the morning and knock at your door or like or like like honk the horn of my car and like wait for you to come out and for you not to come out like Mm -hmm. I want to know that you're gone and that's a life that you lead and I'm still me and I'm still going to be working down at like the construction yard and I'm still going to be here in South Boston. And that for me is okay. And yeah. like not shaming the fact that like this movie doesn't shame anyone for wanting anything. No. And I think a big part of this is like Ben Affleck's reassurance of like, you do you, I will do me and the rest of us will do us. Like the, the life that you thought that you had with us is not happening yeah. and you need to be okay with that. And we are, and we just want to let you know that we're okay with that. We want to be here. We like being unambitious and we like our jobs and yeah, we like, for them it's the only option. Yeah. And we like our life and we're not like you. Like you have a gift that can propel you forward in other areas. That doesn't mean that you're more successful in us, like than us. It just means you're successful in a different way. Yeah. And I, I fucking love that about this movie. Yeah. I love that too. I think it speaks a lot to kind of like the, the theme of like brotherhood that's yeah. also in this movie that, I mean, obviously you think about it, but for me, it's not the thing that comes to like the forefront when I think about this movie, but thinking about like the, like masculinity and what this says about it, especially in Boston, especially in the nineties and like what was considered uh, like what made you a man and what made you like worthy of having a life. But what Matt Damon's character doesn't realize is that like, he's already fucking set himself apart by being really smart because him being smart is not like a surprise to anybody. That's what I like about like the inciting incident of this movie it's not like this comes out of nowhere for his friends. His friends know that he's like a smart motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I think something that that I always take away from this movie is knowledge is free. Mm-hmm. Learning is free. Opportunities are not. Yeah. And that's a huge aspect of this movie that if you as the audience member can wrap your head around it then you don't get as frustrated trying to figure out why like certain people aren't taking certain opportunities or Mm -hmm. why certain people aren't doing certain things or why like you as the audience member get frustrated with matt damon for not hopping on to all of these things and doing what he's supposed to be doing or taking his quote-unquote gift and like basically like shoving it down the toilet Mm -hmm. because he's able to you know be at bars and like outsmart people and like pick up girls that way and say these really profound things that he's learned in books which he got for like all this knowledge he got for free yet is working as a janitor in a school versus going to that school yeah you know what i mean and i think what a lot of people don't realize when they get frustrated about that is knowledge is free opportunities are not he would not have been able to go to that school even if he fucking wanted to. Yeah, Like he would not have been able to go to that school. And I think something that a lot of people, something that I want people to understand is Matt Damon is an incredibly smart storyteller in that obviously his, his character chose to be a janitor at specifically this school because of interest. Yeah. Because he go, he could have been a janitor anywhere yet. He chose MIT because he probably got access to their library. He probably got access to their books. He probably got access to like all of this other stuff. And so like in his mind, he was probably like, 
even though this was like a roundabout way to get this job, because obviously he got the job through like the people that he was, um, like that crew that he was like working for. He's on parole. Yeah, he's it on was parole. A parole job. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was so funny to see like Matt Matt Damon, not the actor, Matt Damon, the screenwriter, be like, okay, yeah. where can we put him to where he can maximize like his potential? Yeah. In not a great position <laughs> in in something where his education is still free and his opportunities are still inaccessible to him. Yeah. So for me, Matt Damon, the screenwriter, is incredibly smart and like very, I just really appreciate that choice that he made. Totally. And I think the the funny thing on top of that is like, yes, he puts himself in that position, but when he, when he fucking solves the equation and Stellan Skarsgård catches him, and he's like, hey, let me talk to you. Matt Damon's like, fuck you, no. Yeah. He runs away. Like, he wants to be near it, but he doesn't want to, like, be found out. Exactly, exactly. So, like, perfect. Ugh. I had a very hard time articulating my point <laughs> until now. I love that Matt Damon, the screenwriter, made his character like, okay, you like being in this environment and you thrive in this environment, but you don't want anyone to know that you like this because it's not cool because it's not cool exactly yeah because like that's not the shit that gets you like clout where he is from and also i think on a certain level well i, I think i know on a certain level he doesn't think that he deser deserves any of this like he doesn't think he deserves anything good in his life, which is why he's such a fucking self-sabotager through the whole movie and that's like that's where robin williams comes in and that's the part of this where he's the person who needs to sort this out. And initially like Will just goes to him because he has to and to get him like to basically stop committing crimes and beating people up. <laughs> to basically stop being a criminal. Yeah. But at the, at the end of it, what they're actually tackling is like his own obstacles that he keeps putting in his own way because of his own trauma and his own, you know, emotional stuntedness <laughs> yeah and his insecurities right yeah. because i think even though he knows he's a genius and that comes with some arrogance i think in a lot of ways because he grew up in such a turmoilous tumultuous tumultuous <laughs> because he grew up in such a tumultuous environment he doesn't think very highly of himself. No. Even though he's, it's it's like these two truths can exist in one person. Yeah. Right? He's like cocky about certain things. Exactly. But not about other things. And it's just very interesting yeah. to watch it all play out because you're like, but you were so confident in the bar. You were yeah. so confident in the bar. And now you're unconfident. And the best part is, is like Matt Damon, he has one of those fucking faces. Oh, yeah. Where like, he's so cute. Adorable. And he looks so sweet and he looks really like charismatic and goofy and really kind of goofy and cocky. But you also can tell just in his face that like, he's not above fucking up yeah, and like he's not above making mistakes. And I think that that's really fun because in a way his cockiness is what makes him feel in control, but it's also the thing that like shoots him in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's his own fucking Achilles heel. Exactly. Like, yeah. So all in all, I think he wrote a lovely screenplay with his BFF Ben, with yes. Benny Boy. Yes. The and dialogue is amazing. Yeah. He he his his like his storytelling shines through. Yeah. His his reenactment of his home, of his of his thoughts, of his feelings, of his friends, of his youth, like it all really shines through. And I really good job, Matt. 
Good job, Matt. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of like his acting and what makes him really impressive as just Matt Damon is like uh, his ability <laughs> to kind of like really quickly shift between emotions like i think very specifically of that time where they're sitting next he's sitting next to the pond with robin yes and he's being an asshole to robin and so robin's like fine i'll fucking be an asshole back to you and mm-hmm. he just starts dragging him and matt damon just like vacates he just he, he exits the building His no one's just home. like go away mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can tell he kind of drifts to this emotional place that he's never had to confront before that someone is someone is actually holding him accountable for things that he can't like smart his way out of and for him to be able to show us so much by saying so little is really is really impressive and also i i personally don't expect that all the time from people who write their own material that's true (laughs) you know (laughs) but with him like i don't know it was it was it's flawless to me it's very flawless and it is it's it's joyous like i love i love watching good i've seen good goodwill hunting like many other people a million times like you, you it's always on it doesn't matter like when when there was cable when people had cable um it was always like on one of those channels yeah and you walk you probably heard of it you probably watched it a million times and i think a big reason why it is such an incredible film is because of matt damon and his unique flavor of being able to be present in the moment but also be able to sort of like look down on his character and go yeah you don't have to do very much. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's when okay. it's time to be emotional, really rewarding. He really you. rewarding you for being patient and like mm-hmm. waiting through. Cause he plays a lot of difficult characters, like, like yeah. characters that are difficult people. Yes. Um, and he gives you, he gives you those like nuggets of like, here are your little treats for, mm-hmm. uh, for being so patient with me. Thank you. Yeah. And then he gives you the big, the whole big dessert. Yes. And you're just like, Yes. Oh my God. The big Alaska. <laughs> yeah. In this movie specifically, it's the whole, it's not your fault scene. And it's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Because you can't, you see like his emotions pop up throughout the whole movie and you know that like, you know, this is coming. Yeah. You're like, not sure how Robin Williams is going to get there because uh, Will Hunting is a little shit. Yeah. He is. He's a little prick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's a prick because like he's a prick because he doesn't want to fuck anything up. He doesn't want to fuck other people up. And he's like, I'm okay if I fuck my own life up. But if I fuck other people up, you know, I'm yeah, out of control. Like, fuck me. Exactly. But, <laughs> back in, but yeah. And then, and then he breaks down and you're just like, ah, thank you, Matt Damon for this uh, gift. Yes. The release. <laughs> thank you so much. We were so patient. We were such oh, good boys. It's so good. I love this movie. Uh incredible maddie matt what is our next film oh this is my favorite of the three. Oh, it is also my favorite of the three <laughs> we were texting about it last night i think it's one of the greatest movies of all time personally oh 100 <laughs> percent. and what movie is that jessica that is the departed the departed <laughs> <laughs> came out in 2006 written by william monahan alan mack and felix chong directed by the one and only martin scorsese Martin Niswa salad. 
A tale of two cops on very different sides of the law. Colin Sullivan, played by Matt Damon, is a Massachusetts state police detective who has risen through the ranks in the special investigation unit. Public enemy number one is Frank Costello, played by Jack Nicholson. So brilliantly. The leader of the Irish mob, a crime network kingpin and Sullivan's main target. However, Sullivan is actually a paid informant for Costello, giving him tip-offs on police raids and other useful information for years. Meanwhile, Billy Costigan, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, is Costello's protege. However, he is actually an undercover policeman spying on Costello, and his true identity is only known by his two superiors in the police department. In due course, both know that there is a rat in their organizations, but don't know their identity. A deadly cat and mouse game ensues with both trying to uncover the other without being discovered themselves. Before we say anything, if you've <laughs> never seen The Departed, I I don't even care if you want to see it because you have to see it. You have you to. You literally, you don't have a choice. If you like cinema, you have to see The Departed. I don't care. Not even if you like cinema. If you like being a part of the human race. Yeah, because like this movie is just so good. There is nothing bad about this There's movie. There's too much happening this for is it to be bad. Where as you're watching it, or this is how I felt. I watch it and I'm like, I feel fucking blessed. I to feel- get to watch movies. I feel transported. Yes. I feel- anointed yes i feel <laughs> regal if you like it is a privilege to watch the departed if you've never sorry, seen what? the departed the what is a the, the departed oh uh, yes the departed if you've never seen the departed <laughs> turn this fucking podcast off because we're gonna spoil the ending for you and it is a it's a rich it is an ending a rich <laughs> finish it is one of the best film endings it is ever. the final course in an otherwise incredible six course menu yes and i i know some of you personal friends listening to this podcast who you don't watch the movies that we talk about and that's fine most of the time this one this literally one, stop listening you have to go watch <laughs> the departed you have to watch it you must watch it now <laughs> okay now that i'm off of my soapbox okay about, about watching the departed you crazy you crazy this Oh, God. Where do you start? The opening monologue of this movie, I think, is one of the best openings of a movie of all time. Of all time. One of the best character introductions of all time when you first meet Jack Nicholson. Of all time. he opens the movie. And it's like his world and we're all mm -hmm. just fucking living in it, baby. Yes. So you know from the beginning that no matter what anyone like because this is it gets confusing about everyone's identity oh it gets real confusing. no matter who anyone is in this movie frank costello is calling the shots yeah <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are frank costello that's god to you exactly so like he he is our leader in the movie even though we don't see him through the entire movie so it's uh it's an incredible ending. Kiss, truly. I also think we have to get Leo out of the way before we can talk about Matt Damon. Oh my God. We almost <laughs> did the departed for Leo. Cause I think I, I it, to me, I think it's the best film he's ever been in. It's, it's, uh, for me, it's his best performance ever. Interesting. Yeah. I want to agree with you. He's just in so many other incredible films where I I'm kind know. of just like, oh. I know. I just feel like this movie, because of the fucking mental gymnastics that he has to do yeah. surrounding like, it's like being a cop and then 
Russian nesting doll situation. Yeah. He is a he's a young boy within a like like who had a traumatic childhood yeah. within a surrounded by criminals so he does not want to be like them in in a cop in a drug dealer undercover undercover yeah. like situation doing all the crime that he didn't want to do to begin with because he was mm-hmm. surrounded by it in his life and he's come full circle like he has yeah. to do those revolutions in his mind every single minute that he's on screen yeah and he's fucking terrified terrified like scared <gasps> waking in his buttes like he is just He's so, he's so, he's like otherworldly in this movie for all of the reasons we've ever discussed about why Leo is an amazing actor, but like the way that he plays the layers in such genuine ways, it's just, oh, it's so good. But this is about Matt. <laughs> yes. This is about Matt Page Damon. Matt Page Damon. Yes. Monica, how do you feel about Matthew Page in this movie? Okay. Matt Damon in this movie provides such an incredible... Okay. It's almost like hearing like a ticking time bomb. Mm -hmm. That's the role that he plays in this film. He is the ticking time bomb. He is the... It's very steady and like it happens at the exact same time every single time and it doesn't get any louder. It doesn't get any softer. It's just there in the background and you know there's something something coming. You know there's a fucking impending boom that's about to happen and that's what I think Matt Damon's character plays in this movie and how Matt Damon sort of approaches this role of like, I'm going to sit back and watch the chaos happen and then ignite the chaos myself at the end. And yeah. like he tells us that from the very fucking beginning through his mannerisms, through his acting, through his style, through his steadiness. Like Matt Damon is a fucking goofball in a in a uniform However, yeah, very steady as she goes. Like I would not have thought fucking twice about his shadiness. I would have been like, nah, not him. He's like, like a frat boy who became a cop who's actually like smart. Yeah, exactly. Like, and th- but and that's like, I think that's the most impressive part about his performance, and also about just like the character, mm-hmm. is that. So you're set up from the beginning to know that like he has known Jack Nicholson's character since he was a kid and like he kind of like raised him through the mob um essentially and so like him being a rat is second nature like it doesn't even it doesn't even feel like a con yeah it's just (laughs) it's just happening like him you know like running into corners to like text Jack Nicholson and be like hey watch out because this is about to happen it's just it happens so flawlessly it's just it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And the lengths in the lengths by which Matt Damon's character goes through to please the father figure of Frank Costello. Yes. Are wretched. Like what he will do to make things happen for him. And in such a swift and efficient and static manner, like let me just remain very calm. Yeah, he's so level. These things are happening. This is happening. Let me make this phone call. The phone call has been made. These things are happening now. Very methodical and very, almost like he's performing heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And I, it's worse. <laughs> it's worse that way. It's worse that he's not breaking down into emotional turmoil every single day. Yes. It's worse for me. And I love that. Like, I love how bad that is. Because it's that, exciting. Because it's, it's exciting and it's tension filled. Yeah. 
Matt Damon provides this insane level of tension that you can't get anywhere else. If you put fucking Matt Damon in a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and they're both fucking Russian nesting dolls, like, within this fucking movie scope, Matt Damon's gonna bring on the fucking tension. Yeah. And he's gonna do it steady as she goes, gliding across that wah-wah, like, really (laughs) just being that it girl, the it ship, if you will, (laughs) and distracting you. And just really pulling you into his fucking web of lies. This man can do it all. Yeah. And you're even more excited because you're waiting for when the two characters finally meet. And you're, you're just like, when is this going to happen? First of all. Second of all, what the fuck is going to happen? Because you know it's going to happen. Because you know it has to happen. And like, you, <laughs> Matt Damon doesn't know who like Billy Costigan, aka Leo is. Like he, he he's a cop, but he doesn't, they're not familiar with each other. So you're like, is he going to see him and somehow know who he is? Like what the fuck is going to happen? Right. And then when he, if he does know who he is, he threatens to fucking like wipe his file so that no one knows he was ever undercover so that he will just get arrested as a member of the mob. Like he's fucking sick. The things that he will do are dark. He like pretends to be a lawyer in order to like (laughs) to like to be able to tell the the frank costello's like like henchmen yeah to like let them know that we're on to them basically like tell your mother you're not coming home for supper Mm -hmm. which is just like a it's like a phrase that they use. Yeah. It's right? like something that they use to tell them to basically like clear out, like clear yeah. out, get out of here. It's not safe. You're being bugged. You're being listened to. You're being blah, 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 whatever it is. Yeah. It just means get the fuck out. And he does. Yes. And I think like the other really fun part of his acting in this role is like, even though he's so comfortable doing all of this, you're still just like, who, who really are you? What is your actual personality? Yeah, the deception is so real. Yeah. And I think as an actor to play that mental gymnastics of like, I am I am nothing and everything at the same time. Yeah. And like, this I am, is me, but it's also not yeah, me. And I am deceiving people every single day of my life. So my authenticity is consistently questioned by the audience. Mm-hmm. And I have to still have them on board with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just so Shakespeare fury in that way like oh my god and i think he's really confronted with like not knowing who the fuck he actually is outside of this con yeah when he's trying to like actually have a relationship with uh what's her name vera farmiga's character um because he's falling in love with someone but at the same time she knows that some shit's up but like she doesn't know what it is and he's obviously not going to tell her but he's also like i I don't really have a personality to fall back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I don't have anything to offer beyond what I have but to offer. Beyond lies. Yeah. Like beyond I don't this web of lies. Because normally if you were lying to your partner, you could be like, yes, I lied, but you know who I am. Yeah. You know who I am at the end of the day. So it's fine that I lied. We don't know who the fuck he is. <laughs> like he is uh, like he is this constructed multi-layer con man and it's it's fucking nuts it's fucking nuts i this movie has so much drama in it Mm -hmm. that it's really hard to feel like you're not being sucked into this world Mm -hmm. the the promise that these actors give to you is that you will not leave this movie feeling 
unmotivated or like unenthralled or un yeah. con- unconvinced that what you just watched was something of true and genuine drama. Like they're not going to let you leave. They're going to have their fucking uh, foot on your neck, like pushing down really fucking hard until you understand what they're serving you, like what they're trying to give you. They give you, they make you that promise from the very beginning and they fucking deliver. Yeah. Like you, it's made very clear that like you're on a runaway train and this is going to end. This could end a lot of ways, (laughs) but no matter how it ends, people are going to die and it's going to be really fucking messy. And it's interesting it's fun and sad to watch the characters also kind of figure that out Yeah, because they're, they both start spiraling in different ways. Like Leonardo DiCaprio just keeps getting like more and more afraid because he's like, I, even if I survive, I might just get fucking arrested as a member of the mob. Like I might just go to jail forever. And Matt Damon's like, if I get fucking found out, I'm getting sent to jail forever. But like, if I don't get found out, then I'm still stuck in a life of lies. (laughs) And forever he, and he has to decide if he's okay with that yeah yeah and you think like i would think the very first time i saw this movie when um spoiler when jack nicholson gets shot yes and he and he dies like i thought for a moment i'm like okay this is like this is matt damon's opportunity for release in in a way he could like totally separate himself from this whole con and save leonardo dicaprio because he knows who he is by then like he knows who the rat is right but he doesn't. No. It just, it motivates him to get even like more sucked into it. And that's like the really fucked up part, how you see like how deeply connected he is to this horrible world and to his this, actions. Like, to this idea of power. Yeah. Right. Because the whole point is that he's fucking untouchable. Mm-hmm. And that lends to this, like this notion of I, because I am untouchable, I am powerful and I am go, I'm going to fucking live forever. Like this is my life. Yeah. And I think as an audience member, you're looking at him and like, well, what is your fucking end game, dude? Like why? Like your, your papa is dead. And what is your motivation? Yeah. And what is your motivation? And when you, it's almost worse when you realize that it's truly just up in the pursuit of untouchableness in the pursuit of being able to say you're caught in my web of lies and I'm the fucking puppet master and no one knows like what's going on except me. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that like, I don't even think that the, that Sullivan, the character that met, that Matt Damon plays, I don't even think he sees himself like consciously as a puppet master. I think he's just like, because it all comes second nature to him. He's just like acting. Yeah. Like, like when he does actually delete Billy Costigan's file and you see on his face, like, I just did that. I just did that, bro. Like the fuck? Dang. <laughs> yeah. Like even he's kind of like, I don't know why I'm doing yeah. this shit anymore. It's like, it's like he's hypnotized. And watching Matt Damon sort of struggle with those two identities of himself is like fucking magnetized. It's crazy. <laughs> like I'm so drawn to him and so drawn to his ability to shift and and for us to see like, oh, this is this is the cop now. This is a glimpse of like that good guy that we all got on board with. This is the glimpse of the fucking like mob man who wants everything to go horribly wrong for the cops and everything right for the mob. Yes. Like, and switching back and forth and forth between those two glimpses of a human, mm-hmm. Matt Damon handle, handles it so well. Yeah. And then on top of it, like getting to see 
like, because after playing an entire two and a half hour fucking movie, of so it's, just long, like, y'all. it's long, y'all. It's <laughs> someone being in like control and power and really maniacal, and then like getting to see him actually be afraid in the last like 20 minutes of the yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. It's it's intense. It's, it's so rewarding. Intense. It's so rewarding. Now we're going to spoil for you. <laughs> Tell us, Jessica. <laughs> so like Billy and Sullivan have, uh, you know, found each other out. They have an altercation. They have an altercation on a rooftop mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, we're going to go downstairs. Billy has arrested Matt Damon. It's essentially at this point a fucking citizen's arrest because yeah. his file got deleted. Deleted. Yeah. And so he's like, someone's gonna like call Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who yeah. has been fired. And Mark Wahlberg was one of the two cops who knew Leo's <laughs> true identity. Which usually I really don't like Mark Wahlberg. No, but he was good. He got nominated for an Oscar for this but movie. He was really fucking good in this movie he was so good and like yeah his rapport with alec baldwin in this movie is <laughs> is a fucking riot it's really when they're like really when they're like oh are you tired yeah i'm tired from fucking your mother last night oh how's your mother oh she's tired from fucking my dad all the time like it's just so <laughs> fucking funny they are they just they have such a fucking riot it's so so good, so, good. so leo's like okay yeah call mark Wahlberg because he'll he'll confirm call that mark I, Wahlberg. I am an i'm an undercover cop even though this motherfucker deleted my file and the elevator gets to the bottom floor and then fucking bang bullet right through leo's head he's dead, dead. and matt damon is standing there like in what fucking turn of events have i am i still winning i know how am i still winning and he like guy, he can't fucking believe it because the guy who shot leonardo dicaprio's character is also an undercover mobster yes infiltrated into the police department then shoots the other cop <laughs> Who was just trying to be there yeah. to survey the situation. And Matt Damon's like, I didn't fucking know that there was another undercover cop. So he's just like. Mind he, fucked. He's mind fucked. And in 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 a shocking turn of events, when you think he's going to run away with this chap. Yeah. He shoots him. Yep. He goes, Matt Damon's like, nah, dog. Split I, second. Split, I'm the captain yeah. now. Split second decision. <laughs> I'm the captain now. You're dead. Yep. I'm done. I'm not doing I this anymore. I am the only one walking away from this alive. You know I'm the only one. Uh-huh. And then when I first saw this movie, I was so fucking mad. I was like, this motherfucker gets to walk away at the end of this. But just when you thought. But Martin went, no, 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 no. Just when you thought. he's walk, He goes back into his apartment with groceries and like... Oh, Everything has happened. Leo's body has been buried. You know, all the funerals have happened, whatever. And Matt Damon's walking into his apartment like it's just any other day. And fucking Mark Wahlberg is there in like a full hazmat suit, basically, with like little slippers on so that he doesn't leave any DNA evidence in his apartment. And Matt Damon, what does he say? He's just like, <laughs> oh, yes. He just says, okay. And then Mark Wahlberg shoots him through the head. And so at the end of the day, Mark Wahlberg wins is the moral of this entire story. Yeah, the moral of this entire story is don't sleep on Mark Wahlberg because he'll come out on top at the end. Yes, and then, oh, so fucking smart. The last thing you see is like, 
Matt Damon's dead body and then it pans up and there's a rat sitting in the window. And it's just like, it's like walking across the window yeah. screen. And you're just like, oh, these fucking You're like, rats. ah, these motherfucking these rats. rats. Oh. It's Ratatouille up in this bitch. The Departed. The, the Departed. The Departed. The Departed is so good. Go watch The Departed. If you haven't seen The Departed and you still listen to this part, I'm sorry. Yeah. If you have seen The Departed. You didn't follow our directions is all yeah. I'm going to say. If you have seen The Departed. <laughs> Go sit down and watch it again. And watch it again. It was a fucking treat to watch it Ugh, again. 10 out of 10. Oh, man. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Martin. Scorsese. <laughs> Monica, what is our third and final film today? Our third and final movie is very different from the first two. Yeah. And it is called, because it is truly out of this world. <laughs> oh. It is called it's a little tiny, teeny weeny indie film called The Martian. Oh, okay. Super, super tiny, very low budget. Super low budget. Super low budget. They barely got Matt Damon. Everyone else is a nobody, no names, <laughs> like up and comers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me tell you about it. Um, The Martian. It came out in 2015, written by Drew Goddard, based on the novel by Andy Weir, directed by Ridley Scott. Oh, what a small director. Small I've never director. Heard of. Never, he's never done anything in his life. <laughs> During a manned mission to Mars, a team of astronauts is hit by an unpredicted storm and has to abort their mission and leave for Earth. During the evacuation, one of the astronauts, Mark Watney, played by Matt Damon, yes. is hit by a projectile due to the storm. But the crew is forced to leave him thinking that he died due to a rupture in his spacesuit. However... Mark has survived like the cockroach that he is and now has to find ingenious ways to make it till the next scheduled Mars mission, which is four years away. God. <laughs> Being a botanist, he manages to cultivate food and survives by savaging parts of previous missions. NASA soon learns, NASA being NASA, soon learns <laughs> that his survival and attempts a daring and dangerous mission to safely rescue the, the Martian, Martian, aka the space pirate. NASA and this is uh Chiwetel Ejiofor and uh Jeff Daniels and uh All the heavy Sean hitters. Bean. All the heavy hitters are playing NASA. <laughs> and what's that bitch? Mackenzie something from the from the the Christmas movie, the lesbian Christmas movie. Oh Christmas yeah, 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 yeah. Mackenzie Davis, that, I think is that her name? one chick. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. also She's NASA too. And also, what's her face? Bridesmaids, Amy. Amy. I was oh, say Kristen Wig. Kristen Wig. Yeah, she plays like the publicist or something. Yeah, of she NASA. plays like the PR person for NASA, <laughs> which is just so fucking funny. I'm, I'm, I'm truly there for her performance yeah. in this in this movie. Uh, so, as you all know, I don't like space. <laughs> okay. In case you don't know, Jessica has a an intense fear of yeah, space, I really, and like, really do. and she has this like distinction between what is real space and, and what fake is space. fake space. <laughs> fake space is like your Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek. It's very like cartoony Guardians space, galaxy. Very like like mm -hmm. oh, that would never happen. Kind of a kind yeah, of a yeah, space yeah, yeah. sitch. Exactly. Real space, Interstellar, The Martian, Gravity. gravity. On and on. etc. So yes. those are your distinctions. I was concerned about watching this movie, but because you don't actually see, until the end, you don't actually see that much like space. space. You're just on Mars, <laughs> which it just looks like. Which Mars looks like Earth. 
Yeah, it just looks like red earth. Red earth. Because I think the issue that I have is like looking into the sky with space. Like that's, or like floating through open space. You're insane. That's the part that freaks me out uh, because it's just, it's it's endless. What about the ocean? I also don't like the deep ocean. So let's not get into it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was, I was chilling until we reached the last 20 minutes or so when fucking Matt Damon flies into space and has to like launch himself at Jessica Chastain and there's float. I almost, I had to cover my eyes and it made me like nauseous. You're crazy. (laughs) He's, flying through space if he misses her he's just he's gone he's gone that's Dude. the thing that <laughs> so i guess it's like my personal philosophy in life is that nothing matters so like if there is no end to this bitter life <laughs> if there's like if if you die and there's like nothing that doesn't scare me well uh, that, okay that does scare me and that's one of the reasons why space scares me but yeah. it's also because like you're in a situation where there's literally nothing you can do. Well, but then those you, are the things that freak me out. Where I'm like, if he misses, he's still alive, just in space, floating, and, then, and he'll die eventually. And no one can do anything about it because of the the laws of space, right? <laughs> are fucked the, because of the rules. <laughs> no one can do anything about it. <laughs> so anyway, the point that I'm trying to make though is, I think you just have to accept your fate. Like yeah. if you're out in space and like you're floating into does. nothingness, you have to accept that nothing matters and you're going to die. Sure. And like it's space. So no one's coming for you because of the rules. <laughs> so <laughs> the rules of space. Because of the rules, no one's coming because everyone has to follow the rules. So you're dead. <laughs> I mean, you literally have to follow the rules you, of space and science. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we have all of that out of the way, all yeah. the existential crises out of the way. Totally. Uh, Matt Damon in this is a fucking revelation. Amazing. This man can do it all. He's so good and he's very good natured, like, mm-hmm. you know, by nature, like as an individual, Matt yeah. Damon is very good natured and his character is very good natured. He is like witty and charismatic and looks on the bright side of a lot but has a lot of very deep pitfalls mm-hmm. because he's literally left alone on in Mars space on Mars alone, alone on Mars. They thought he died. He obviously fucking didn't because his blood like clotted and made like a, like a yeah. patch in his goddamn suit. I love that moment where he explains that because you know that that was the scene that they were writing where we go, we have to tell them exactly how this was possible. Yeah. So let's Otherwise, just have like, him explain it on a video diary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so Matt Damon sort of gives us this like goofy personality to yeah. an otherwise very bleak role. Mm-hmm. Because I think if this was truly just like sad boy Matt Damon the entire time. I wouldn't have liked it. I wouldn't have liked it at all. I think I would have felt very pressured to turn it off. <laughs> Yeah, I think it would have made me more afraid of space. It I'd would be like, yeah, this yeah. fucking dude is an astronaut and he doesn't like it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you're when you're looking at a film like The Martian and a lot of it is truly just in solitude, right? It's truly mm-hmm. just Matt Damon as Mark yes. Watney, the astronaut, figuring out how to use his talents to keep himself alive. Yeah. Not even for the sake of getting something done, not even for the sake of like, oh, how do I keep myself busy while other people figure this out? For the sake of, 
well, I'd like to live as long as possible. Yep. Whether or not that means someone comes re- comes and rescues me, mm-hmm. whatever. I just want to live. I just want to prolong my life. Yeah. Like I don't care that I'm never going to get fat. I mean, he cares, but like, it, that's not the point. The point is that he, he, he can't loves, live if he keeps focusing on that. He loves to live yeah. and he wants to live mm-hmm. and he doesn't let the thought of no one coming for him override that passion yes. for living that like, no, I like breathing. I like making jokes. I like pretending I'm a space pirate. Like these are the things I like <laughs> to do. I want to keep living. And I'm, when you look at a movie like this and you're like, well, what does he have to live for? Because he's really on this planet by himself and his, and his quality of life is very poor. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, what do you have to live for? And it's truly just, when you look at a movie like this, it's like the nat- the human nature of just like living, of mm-hmm. just being alive and like wanting to experience life in any way possible. It's okay if no one will ever come again. Yeah. And I think Matt Damon giving that extra oomph of like, I'm going to have to learn to be content as this character with dying in four years. And that has to be okay. But I'm going to, in my pursuit of living, I'll find value in that. And that's how I will make this character interesting. Yes, totally. It is a, it's a really intimate performance in a lot of ways. You're not with him through the whole movie. It switches back and forth between NASA and him. But when you're with him, it's incredibly intimate because he's either not talking or he's talking directly to you, which I mean, he's talking to like a video diary, but like as the audience member, you're just like, yeah, fucking Matt Damon is having a conversation with me. (laughs) So there's like very, like he can't hide in this performance, I think is like what I'm trying to say. Right. And everything shows, but what he shows you is so good because like he does give you those moments where he does get sad and get fucking freaked out because a lot of shit goes wrong because it's Mars. A lot of things blow up for some reason. (laughs) Apparently that's like the rules of space. Apparently that's how, that's one of the laws of space. It's one of the rules. It's like everything like blows up. So, you know. (laughs) And I think the most rewarding parts of it though is like as he gets little victories, you get to see him like be really fucking proud of himself yes! for surviving on Mars. Like I fucking yes! love where when he first goes back into the, what is it called? Like the hat, the, the hap, the hav, the hat, the, the, ha- the, the hav. I think it's hap. It's H A V. I'm pretty sure. Oh, the hav, the hav. Okay, what? This is the, I was watching you with subtitles. The <laughs> Mars thing, the house, the the, the, <laughs> the, the igloo, house. the Mars igloo, <laughs> the space station, the space igloo. Uh, yeah. So when he goes back in there and he like assesses everything he goes like this is my inventory these are my things exactly after he has already performed surgery on himself uh (laughs) which apparently there was a mirror for you to do so (laughs) already set up i mean i'm assuming they had to be prepared for anything i don't even i don't fucking know i don't know how space rules work he just like stands there for a minute after doing that and he just goes I'm not going to die. And like, to me as an audience member, that was like, that's like the film cue of Matt Damon being like, like buckle up motherfuckers. It's, (laughs) we're going to, we're going to be on a ride. Again, it is a beautiful sense of conviction Mm -hmm. for just living. And I think what a lot of people, I myself had a problem with not finding what is the motivation other than living, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're having a shit life on this goddamn planet. You will probably be alone for the rest of your life because, and you will most likely die. Like that's the more likely thing that's going to happen. The, the, the least likely thing that's going to happen is someone will come rescue you. Yeah. That's definitely not going to happen. But seeing him sort of like, 
be ingenious with the ways in which he tries to communicate with the people on earth and also survive on this planet you start to realize that like the conviction is truly coming within himself to just survive Mm -hmm. and because he likes to live and he loves the ability to be able to figure out his environment Mm -hmm. to make it work for him yeah and i also just i love how matt damon he always brings that like Fever. smiley goofy Jizz. teenage boy to everything that he does mm-hmm. and like this movie is no exception i think in fact it's like it's like <laughs> it's a really good example yeah it's a very that. very amplified because mark watney like yeah he's a botanist yeah he's he's an astronaut but he also is like a cocky motherfucker who's really fucking pleased with how smart he is yes he's pleased with he's like oh, i'm the best botanist on this planet yeah and he keeps he keeps figuring shit out where he's like I'm the only, I'm, I'm the only person to have colonized a planet or something like that. Or yeah, like, and I'm a space pirate. Yeah. And he's like, you know, by the law, by maritime law, <laughs> technically that would make me a space pirate. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, Matt, <laughs> shut the fuck up. You're going to die. <laughs> yeah. which is why which is why when the bad things happen they really they like really i don't know up. about you but that scene where the hole happens and it blows oh my blows God. everything up i literally like i gasped <laughs> i literally went i literally went <gasps> yeah i said i was out out loud i said no met the hole your potatoes, Matt. Oh, no. Oh, no. Your potatoes, Matt. Yeah. And he's not just like, he's not just fucking sad because he's like, oh, fuck, I might die. He's, he's fucking devastated. Pissed. He's pissed because he, he's the smartest botanist on planet Earth, on Mars. And he, then this happened. <laughs> he was the smartest guy ever. And now someone's ruined that for he him. He cultivated crops on Mars and then they blew up. Like he's fucking pissed it's it's kind of funny in ways he doesn't have the supplies to redo it Mm -hmm. basically which is another problem and this movie is just a series of problems it's a series of problems one of his big problems is that all the only music he has to listen to is disco which which i was pleased i loved that i mean one of the one of the songs that plays like as he's up in space like finally like like launching this goddamn rocket thing that he's in with the tarp yeah is waterloo And that to me is the mark of a shining film. It's just all the disco tracks. Like when it starts playing hot stuff, when he puts the the plutonium in in the back of his fucking like Mars Rover to heat it up because it's really hot. So they play hot stuff. I was like, you fuckers, this is hilarious. (laughs) They're so funny. (laughs) And, And he also like, I feel like Matt Damon had a lot of fucking fun doing this movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, literally he goes, they're playing like, they're playing disco music and he's like, no, I will most certainly not turn the beat around. <laughs> like that's not happening. I hate this music. But by the end, he's like willingly playing. It. Yes. Because I mean, he has nothing else to he listen to. nothing else. So he has to like I it. just love like that's Jessica Chastain's characters. Like that's her, that's her marker. That's her shit. Yeah. Like disco. She loves disco. Ah! And when she like video chats with her boyfriend or whatever, he like has just bought her like an ABBA album. And she's like, oh my God, I love it's it. Just, like, no, she goes like, she like talks to him. She's like, oh my God, I love it. 
you. <laughs> it's just like that. that was just the bet. That's the nicest little touch. I it's fucking just, love that. Oh my God. I love it when <laughs> movies do shit like that. I know. It's so. I know. It's so human. It's so good. And then when, when he finally survives, I don't know about you. I literally cried. I, 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 my eyes swelled up with some tears. Yeah. When he launches himself into the air and he's sitting there and they're like on the radio with him and they're like, you okay? And he's like, I'm doing okay. I'll see you in a few minutes. Yeah. When he says, I'll see you soon. Mm -hmm. And he just starts, and he starts crying. I was like, I lost oh, it. You never thought you'd be able to, to say that, huh? Yeah. Like, bitch. Like, mm. You never. And these people came back for you. Yeah. Like, and that's they added the other part. like 533 days to their mission yes. just to get you back. Yes. Like, I oh. wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that fucking either. The thing I love though is that at the end where it t- it gives you like a flash forward yeah. to see where they're all at. I love how the only person who's still an astronaut is Michael Pena. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone dude, else is just like, I'm well, out. He was the first person when they were like, do you guys want to do this? Do you guys mm-hmm. want to go back? He was like, I'm in. Yeah, he's like, I'm in. It's me. It's my turn. Put me in. Like he really likes it. Like he, and he has a beautiful wife and son at home. Yeah, who are pissed that he is And he's saying, like, he's like, but- but he would have done the same for me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, silly man. Fine. And he's like, ha 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 ha. Of course he's still a fucking astronaut. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, this is this is the only space movie I love. I'm going to say that right now. It's really, it's, it's pretty good. It's a good, good fucking movie. It's like, and it's not just, it's not that it's just a good movie. Like it's an entertaining film. It's very entertaining. It, it, it's a man stuck on Mars and somehow that's like really fun yeah. and funny yeah. at times. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think when this movie first came out, I was very turned off by a lot of the marketing for it because mm-hmm. they marketed it as like this solo, it's like a space deep, movie. like it was very deep and like soulful, and like one person alone on this planet. And even yeah. even the fucking poster is like very like dark and like face. dismal, and he's like just staring at you with a very blank expression. He's like, "I'm on Mars." Yeah, and I'm just like, "Girl, this is like not that deep." It's a lot more thrilling than it is. And like, it's fucking funny. Yeah, and it's fucking funny. And the stakes are really high, but everyone's like in it to win it. Like mm-hmm. everyone's there because they, they're they big. Like some of the breaks in the movie that happened that I fucking love is when they break and pause to remember who they are. Mm-hmm. They all came, they were all nerdy children yep. who grew up to be nerdy adults working mm-hmm. at the nerdiest place on earth, NASA. NASA. And you know, the movie pauses and pauses moments here and there to remind you of that so that you remember like, no, 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 these are not gods. These are not superhumans. These are people Mm -hmm. who used to love like Lord of the Rings and still do. Yep. Like for example, um, they name that rescue mission, like a nerdy rescue mission name. Elrond. Yeah. From Lord of the Rings. And they're all like, Oh yeah. So so can I be this character? Like in this and and the fucking Kristen Wig, the PR person, is like, what the fuck is wrong with all of you? And the movie does that a lot, is it pauses to remind you, you know, in like subtle ways like like Jessica Chastain's laptop having like really nerdy things on it. Like yeah. to remind you that like they are people mm-hmm who are not superhuman, who cannot solve everything. Yeah. And with the rocket ship, like going up the first rocket ship that was supposed to go up to like help out Matt Damon, like completely failed and yeah. like burned and it imploded in on itself. Like 
there mistakes can be made because people are people and they're not superhuman. Like the people who work at NASA and JPL, they are no different than you. Yeah, shout out to JPL in Pasadena, California. Woo woo. Um, <laughs> they're no different than you. They like their big fat nerds who grew mm-hmm. up to be bigger nerds. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just what happened. And so I love that about this movie and I love that it roots it in humanity yeah. more so than anything else. And I'm a big fan. Or Norm Matt Damon, your or potatoes. Matt Damon, your crops. Your crops, your botanist. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh, man. I love Matt Damon. Matthew Demion. Demon. Well, that's Matt. That's Matt, man. Great. That's Matt, my guy. My guy. Monica, what have you dabbled in? I have dabbled in. (laughs) My dabble this week is Mm -hmm. I recently went to Benihana at like 11 in the morning. (laughs) What? Yeah. So it was my brother's graduation. My little brother. uh, He graduated in the morning in the hot fucking sun. Fuck that guy. Am I right? It took an (laughs) hour of my life. (laughs) And... Like he was only grabbing his diploma for like three seconds. Mm-hmm. So if you think about graduations are very inefficient, but yes, that is besides I agree, the point. I agree with that. Um, but it was great. Like we were all very proud of him. He graduated, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then we went to bed. My brother, my older brother, Jonathan took us all to Benihana mm-hmm. for brunch. Mm-hmm. You don't think about Benihana as being like a brunch place. Uh, I had scallops <laughs> at 11 in the morning. <laughs> I had hibachi scallops. And by the way, they do Benny, a little like onion volcano for they, you. By the way, at Benihana, they only do the, the onion volcano, but they don't do the onion choo-choo train, which they do at something's fishy. Oh, I don't know the onion choo-choo train. So it, uh, let me, let me break it down for you, okay. Jessica. Okay. Okay. So the onion choo-choo train yeah. essentially has the same like, it, like structural integrity as the onion volcano. Okay. However, it's not, uh, it is not oil that they put in it. It's water, and then it steams like a mm. choo-choo train. And then he hits the the chef, he or she or they, like will hit the side of the of the grill to make like a clanking sound. Uh-huh. And it's like the train tracks, and he and and they move, they move like the the smoke stack around so that it looks like the train is moving. <laughs> and I requested <laughs> this choo-choo train. And it was incredible. Did they also do like the 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 fried rice heart thing? Yes, fried rice heart. Also fried rice bunny. He like oh, a he bunny? made it and he literally made it into a bunny. Wow. Um what else happened? He yeah, no, I mean he he pulled out all the fucking stops. This guy was great. Okay. He like turned the lights on and off as if it was a struggle. We were the only people in the fucking restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> because it was eleven in the morning. <laughs> I'm still, I'm never going to get over the fact that I went to Benihana. It's a great, it's a good morning snack. It's a great morning snack. And (laughs) it was hibachi. It was great. I had, they have like this delicious onion mushroom soup. Go to Benihana. If you haven't been in a while. Go to Benihana guys. Go to Benihana. Go to Benihana. (laughs) What is your tapo, Jessica? Um, Well, as if my food poisoning from the last episode wasn't enough, I also dropped a full glass of water on my laptop last week. No. <laughs> so today I'm using my work laptop, which you would think prior to that, I was using it for work, but I was not because this laptop is a piece of shit. So I dropped a whole glass of water on the keyboard, uh, which is bad. 
And I lifted it up and I immediately like dumped the water off. And within two seconds, the screen went black. And I said, oh shit. And I immediately had a mental breakdown and I was crying. And <laughs> I was just like, I can't, I can't do this because I literally, this is the very first time I've ever broken a device I've owned. I've never dropped anything in water. I've never cracked a screen. Nothing. Well, <laughs> well, well. I have well, never, well. ever done this. So this is like a point of pride for me. No, I do it way too often. And then I destroyed it and I was so sad. So I took it to the nice people at a place called Mikey's Hookup. Did you in Silver Lake. back up your file? I hadn't backed it up recently, but so last time... Um, I had I had a MacBook in college that like was one of the ones that got recalled for like a shitty clip inside <laughs> yeah. where it detached the motherboard from the computer. So it looks like you just yeah. lost your entire operating system. Yeah. Um, and so after that happened, I backed it up. They were able to recover everything, but I was like, fuck no, I'm not doing this again. So I had everything backed up from then, which included all of my like important photos and documents. So I had nothing backed up from like when I first got this laptop, which was in 2018, but it was fine because nothing is like super essential. It's just like old college files and stuff like that. Right. Um, but obviously I, do, I would rather not lose it all if I had a choice. Right. So I told the nice people at the computer place that, and they were like, well, a data retrieval, it's probably not going to happen, but if we can, it'll be extra. Oh my God. Great. So like the repair itself was 400 bucks. Then the data retrieval was 150. Um, and he says all of this to me. He's like, well, luckily you have Apple care. So your repair is only 300. And I was like, okay, great. Thanks. So you're just going to repair it. You're not going to get a new one. No, because they they can repair it and retrieve all my data. Oh, okay. So I thought the problem fine. was much worse. I thought no, no, no. that. Well, I, I thought mean, the, the initial problem was it might not be able to get repaired at all. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> which uh, that's what I thought was yeah, that yeah, it, yeah. just for straight up, you you just had to get a new fucking laptop. That's great that you just have to get it repaired. Yeah, I know. I'm just really upset. You're about the you're cost. lucky. I know. Damn, bitch. Like, I know. <laughs> I have spilled things on computers. I have spilled like droplets on computers that like die like that are just out of commission yeah i dropped an entire like 16 ounce mason jar of water directly onto the keyboard okay you are the <laughs> luckiest person on the face of the planet you really really are you could have lost your entire computer i know i'm telling you i like spittle on my computer and it like and it goes no. it's done it's over maybe it's mad at you for all the years of mistreating your electronics oh 100 percent. my mac looked at me and it said well, no. I'll do this for you. And it said no. Or no. <laughs> I'm convinced it's because of Mercury and retrograde. That's when the electronic shit happens. I don't know anything about Gatorade, but I do know. Well. <laughs> that, that's supposed to be bad. It's bad for electronics. Mercury and Gatorade. So bad. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Why you do me like that? No, it, it is funny though, because that day I was supposed to have a big meeting and I couldn't because I didn't have a laptop. You couldn't do it from your phone. I mean, I could have, but I, I was like, guys, can I please just go try and get this into a repair center and like skip the meeting? Because I this is more essential. Time Did is of the essence the here. Meeting? So I sent an email to everyone and I explained the whole situation. And our head of creative just immediately emails me back. She says, Mercury is in retrograde. <laughs> and I was like, girl, you get it. Uh, so Jessica Wooks in LA in fashion. So, so obviously, there you go. this is what everyone, uh, this is how we all talk. That is not how my boss would have responded, but okay. 
Uh, yeah. All so right. that's my dabble. Incredible. Love it. Love to hear it. Yeah. We don't have a question today. So that just leads me to tell you, please go on Apple Podcasts and rate us. Write us a review. Yeah. Rate us five stars or four if you want to be a little bit more, <laughs> I don't know, on the four side. <laughs> but I prefer five. <laughs> so, um, yeah, do that. Yeah, Thanks. and uh, send us questions, send us stories about meeting daddies, please. Thank you. Send us questions, and as always, don't, don't sue us, Daddy, Daddy Favreau. Favreau. <laughs> Goodbye, Monica. Goodbye, Jessica. Bye.